Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. This is episode 29, Fifty Shades Darker, chapter 2. Oh yeah, and my name is Lee. <laughs> so, we're just, we're just getting right into it. There is so much, again, so much. This book is starting, uh, strong would be one word for it. Christian and Anna are at Jose's art show, photography show, except Christian can't stand to be in the same room as Jose for more than like five seconds. So he drags Anna out of there. They had their little kiss in the alleyway last time. And so now Christian has taken Anna to a restaurant, orders for both of them without consulting Anna. And then when Anna is like, well, what if I don't want what you ordered? He's like, stop acting like a child. Like, hello, once again, she is not your sub. You're not even together right now. You have broken up and you have not gotten back together yet. That conversation has not happened. And then there would need to be a further conversation to see if she still wanted to be your sub and if she wanted you to order for her at restaurants. Like, there's so many layers of consent that need to happen before this is okay. And he's just breezed past all of them and ordered for both of them them and she's just gonna have to fucking like it. Then he accuses her of leading Jose on because she, uh, checks notes, hugged him and kissed him on the cheek saying goodbye when she was leaving the art show. And like, I'm pretty sure, I'm not gonna go back and try and find it because that sounds really annoying, but I'm pretty sure that he kissed her on the cheek in greeting when she got to the art show, which kind of implies that this is something that they do, that they are comfortable with but of course any kind of friendly physical contact must mean between a man and a woman must mean you guys are fucking or flirting or something because that's how things work in hetero world i don't get it but apparently that's how it works so then they start talking about the end of the previous book when anna left christian because he hit her really hard with no warm-up and that was really stupid and should not have happened but here we are, and Christian says, why didn't you safe word when I was hitting you? And Anna says, well, I kind of forgot. Like, it slipped my mind in the moment. And Christian is pissed off. He's horrified. He says, how can I trust you? So that's like the opposite of the kind of reaction that you want to have with a novice submissive in this kind of situation. Because we're not trained. We're not used to using safe words, most of us. I don't know. I've heard of a few parents who, like, introduce their kids to safe words as a way of expressing, like, I'm not comfortable with this and I want it to stop. And that's great. I love that for them. But most of us, we are not introduced to the concept of safe words until we are introduced to the kink world, right? And then we kind of have to learn, we kind of have to practice putting that in our head of like, okay, this is my safe word. This is what I say if it's getting to be too much and I need it to stop. So it really should not come as a surprise that a completely novice submissive might not remember that especially in the heat of the moment when she is being hurt so intensely and it's something that she's not even sure that she wants to try to, you know, have as part of, of her relationship. 
And it's this, it's like such an intense moment and she's trying to endure it and she's trying to be good for Christian. She's trying to take it. Yeah, I can super 100% understand why something as unfamiliar to her at that point as a safe word might kind of slip her mind. So, you know, we're, we're once again seeing how ill-equipped Christian is to be the dominant of a novice submissive. Like, this is not the reaction that she needs it's not helpful. It's not good. <laughs> Especially because, remember, I don't know, in my experience, quite a few subs pick their own safe word or at least have a conversation with their dom about what they want their safe word to be. That was not the case with Anna. Christian just chose it for her, which makes it even less personalized, even less likely to stick in her, her brain in the heat of the moment. So, like, she super doesn't need blame right now. She super doesn't need anger. She super doesn't need Christian to be like, how can I ever trust you again? Like, come on. Take a breath. Calm down. Remember, she is a beginner. She's going to fuck up. Not all your scenes are going to go perfectly when one or both of you is a beginner. And in this case, the submissive is very much a fucking beginner. Mistakes will be made. And you just, like, yes, you can feel feelings about that, but ultimately you have to come together and, like, talk it out and find a way to move forward from that. Page 31, Christian says, You said you'd never leave, yet the going gets tough and you're out the door. Okay, right away. Yeah, that's absolutely her prerogative. That's the prerogative of anyone in a relationship, is to leave at any point. Even if they didn't think they would, they can change their mind at any time. That's just how this goes. But we're not done yet, because Anna says, When did I say I'd never leave? Christian replies, In your sleep. Hey, bud. Hey, 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 dude. Hey, my guy. That was her talking in her sleep. You cannot know that she was even talking to you. You cannot know what she was dreaming about, okay? Even if she was dreaming about you and saying to you in her dream that she would never leave, that is her sleep brain. That does not directly correlate to her awake brain, okay? So, what the fuck? Like, do not base your expectations for your real-life relationship off of what your partner says while they're fucking dreaming. Like, Jesus Christ. What? Wh how do we even get here? How, do how does an adult human person think that that's okay? Lord. So meanwhile, they're trying to eat at this restaurant because, of course, she has been, you know, depressed and not eating. And so he's insisting that she eat something. And he gets pissed off when she's like, I don't know, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and that makes it hard for me to eat. So it's going to be difficult for me to eat this food in front of me right now. But she does manage to eat. She gets about halfway through her food and she's full. And she has this whole internal discussion with herself of like, how am I going to phrase telling my currently ex-boyfriend that I am full and don't want to eat anymore so that he doesn't get pissed at me for not eating the entire fucking meal that he ordered for me that I had no input on. Which is really just like, again, screaming that you should not get back together with this man and you should turn around and leave right the fuck now. But of course that's not gonna fucking happen. So whatever, they finish their food and they 
took a helicopter, they took Christian's helicopter to the show, but Christian has worked it out so that they're driving back to Seattle from Portland, where the show is, where the photography show is, so that they will have time to talk, which good, but also would have been great if you had asked Anna's permission for any of that. So anyway, Christian finally, like, asks Anna if she wants just a vanilla relationship with no kink at all, and she's like, no, I think I like some kink, so cool. And he's finally giving her some space to, like, renegotiate what that kink looks like, and I'm probably gonna, like, keep talking about how that goes, (laughs) how that actually manifests in their future relationship as things go, but yeah, So basically they decide right now they're gonna throw out the rules. Anna doesn't like having a list of rules. They're not gonna have punishment, I think. I don't know. Whatever. They're- they like change some stuff around. They make it a little less high protocol, a little less intimidating for a brand new submissive. Fucking finally. Should have happened at the beginning of the first book, but whatever. Here we are. Page 35. Anna says- Fundamentally, Christian, it's your joy in inflicting pain on me that's difficult for me to handle, and the idea that you'll do it because I have crossed some arbitrary line. This just feels to me like another moment where they're just so fundamentally incompatible, and if I was, like, a dominant hearing that, I would be like, okay, you're not really getting what it is to be a dominant. I think I should leave. (laughs) I think maybe I should go pursue a sub who is going to appreciate what I want to do to them and for them and is going to appreciate what I get out of being dominant and is going to want as a submissive to receive that. You know? Because otherwise, like, again, this is the question I've been asking, especially of Christian, this entire fucking time. Like, why are you here? Why would you want to be with a sub who does not want to receive what you want to give as a dom? Do you know what I mean? I know there's, like, a lot of discourse in kink circles about, like, should you ever or would you ever date a vanilla person, and ultimately I think the answer is it's up to the individual to decide that for themselves, right? But for me, I think I am done dating completely vanilla people, and I especially would not want to date a vanilla person who was so hesitant to give me what I needed and to play the role that I need and want them to play in my relationship, right? Like, I would so much rather just go find someone else who's gonna be way into being kinky with me because like sticking around and trying to convince someone to be kinky with me is just such a waste of time anyway next quote page 36 Anna's talking about, like, I want to please you, but it's hard. I I don't know if I can. And Christian says, you please me all the time. How often do I have to tell you that? Anna says, I never know what you're thinking. Sometimes you're so closed off, like an island state. You intimidate me. That's why I keep quiet. I don't know which way your mood is going to go. It swings from north to south and back again in a nanosecond. So there's a lot to unpack in that little exchange right there. Uh, So first of all, communication is important. And I know I go on and on and on about like clear, open, honest communication, but here's something that I don't think I've really touched on before is, or at least not a whole lot before, is like different people have different communication styles and needs. Even if one person thinks they're being very clear in communicating something, for example, Christian thinking that he is very clear in communicating to Anna that she pleases him, it can go completely past 
past the other, like over the other person's head if you're not communicating in a way that they are able to receive. And I think some of what's going on here is Anna's debilitating self-esteem issues. Self-esteem can get to a point where even if someone like grabs you by the sides of your face and looks you straight in the eye and goes, I love you, you please me all the time, you're doing great, it, you just won't hear it because your bad self-esteem is just so much louder in your head saying no, they're wrong, they don't know what they're talking about, or they're lying, or whatever it is that the, the narrative is in your head. So I think probably Anna has some of that going on based on what we have seen of her so far in this series. But also, there's a very good chance that Christian needs to find a different way to communicate you please me in a way that Anna can understand and that is compatible with Anna's communication style. Because, you know, you can have clear, open, honest, what you think is clear, open, honest communication until you're both fucking blue in the face, but if your communication styles are different enough, you might as well just be talking past each other because you're not going to be able to pick up on the other person's, what they're saying, what they're, you know, you're not going to be able to pick up what they're putting down, you know? So it's important, first of all, for yourself to do some, like, self-reflection and learn a little bit about your communication style so that you can kind of explain, you know, me, for example, I'm autistic. I do really poorly with nonverbal communication. I am dating someone who really likes nonverbal communication, and that's a very important part of her communication style. So that's that's something we've, you know, had to work on and are continuing to work on is like, where, how can we mesh these two very different communication styles so she's not giving me just all these clues that I'm, that are just like whizzing past me because I don't even fucking see them. So anyway, Christian, if she's not getting the message, try saying it differently. Try communicating it a different way. Also, hello, a big part of kink is supposed to be a framework in which the sub is like set up for success to please the dom, right? Or at least that's one thing that kink can be. But it doesn't work if you're not able to communicate well, which they are not, and you're not completely on board with that being the framework, which they're not, or at least Anna's not. So it just all, like the whole thing breaks down at this point. Like they don't have a good foundation on which to build a DS relationship. Also, that little sentence where Anna says, you intimidate me. He shouldn't. Your partner should not intimidate you unless it's like the consensual, hot, sexy intimidation in scene type of intimidating. But going back to what I keep saying, outside of scene, outside of headspace, y'all need to be on even ground. You both need to feel safe around the other person so that you can, you know, communicate and negotiate and all of that good stuff and just like be happy coexisting <laughs> together, right? They ultimately decide they're going to start out being basically vanilla together, and then as they get more comfortable together, kind of build in, in a little bit more kink into the relationship, which was probably the way to go about it from the beginning of book one, but at least they're getting there now. So we finally unlock a little bit more of Christian's tragic backstory as to quote-unquote why he's kinky. His mother was neglectful. She had an abusive boyfriend or Christian calls him his mother's pimp. 
and so the boyfriend would abuse Christian, and then the mother ultimately committed suicide, and Christian, as a very young child, was left alone with her body for four days. Which is massive, massive trauma to go through as a young child. Like, I think he's supposed to be, what, like, three, four, five-ish years old in, in this, at this point. So yeah, yikes. Like, that's awful, obviously, right? And also, the fact that it's treated as, like, oh, this is why he's dominant. This is why he's kinky. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> So, page 38, Christian says, Anastasia, I'm not going to touch you again, not until you beg me to, so that you'll start communicating with me. Next time we make love, you're going to have to tell me exactly what you want in fine detail. Which is his response to when Anna says earlier, you intimidate me, I never know which way your mood is going to go, that's why I keep quiet, why I don't speak up. This is his idea of trying to fix that and trying to get her to communicate more with him. Yeah. <laughs> you can probably tell already I'm not uh, exactly jazzed about that. This kind of thing, like this teasing denial, like making her beg for it, all of that, super hot, super fun, in a negotiated, consensual scene. But, of course, he doesn't negotiate, he doesn't get consent, he just fucking decides that this is how he's going to fix the problem that they have. But that's not gonna fix shit, because here's the real problem that they have, that you guys have, Christian. You are an asshole. You intimidate your girlfriend, your partner, your submissive, to the point where she is afraid to speak up and advocate for herself and communicate with you in the ways that you purport to want, because she doesn't know if you are going to be receptive to her or if you're going to react with anger or dismissal or fucking laughter when she tries to advocate for herself. And that's such uneven, like, it just makes her feel like she's just walking on eggshells constantly. And yeah, I don't blame her for keeping quiet in a space like that. I'm the same fucking way. If I'm not, like, pretty sure that someone is gonna react positively to what I'm asking of them, there's a pretty good chance that I'll just fucking keep quiet and not ask for what I need until I absolutely can't avoid it anymore. Because, I don't know, I'm a traumatized, socially anxious being. I don't like being yelled at or having my concerns dismissed or being laughed at for asking a question about something that I don't know very much about. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking natural response to that kind of environment is to just shut your fucking mouth because, you know, the other person can't get mad at you for something you say if you just don't say anything. So what needs to happen here, Christian, is that you need to learn some fucking emotional intelligence and deal with your bullshit and, and learn how to be a dominant to a new newbie submissive who is still figuring this shit out and, like, also maybe learn how to be a decent boyfriend while you're at it like, and just a decent fucking human being, but what I'm saying is, yes, it would be great if Anna spoke up for herself more, but one of the things, one of the major contributing factors to her not doing that is that whenever she does, there's a pretty fucking good chance that Christian's gonna have a bad reaction to it. So he is kind of in charge right now of making a safe, welcoming environment for her 
to speak up. And until that happens, like, you can force her to do all of the denial, begging scenes, whatever, dirty talk scenes you want. It's not gonna fix the root problem, bro. So they get back to Anna's apartment and Christian gives her back her laptop, Blackberry, and a brand new iPad. So he's, she has all of the gadgets again and he's like, put all of these books on, on the iPad that he knows she'll like and like this playlist that says it for him, says all the things that he's too emotionally constipated to say. <laughs> so he just makes her a playlist. And this all gives Anna hope that maybe... He is capable of feeling love after all. Maybe he's not too kinky and fucked up to ever feel love. Maybe Doms can also feel romantic love towards people. What a concept. Oh my god. Girl, deal with your kink shame if you want to be in a relationship with a kinky person, please. So, last point for now, we're ending on a quote, page 43, Christian says, Spanking occurs in vanilla relationships too, you know, usually consensually and in a sexual context, but I am more than happy to make an exception. So we've just moved on to, like, being totally fine with casually throwing out, like, sexual assault jokes, rape jokes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Because, yeah, by the way, for those who don't know, spanking can absolutely be experienced as sexual assault. Just putting that out there in case you never heard that before. Yeah, that happens. That's, it counts. And now we're just joking about it. Just as part of the fun, witty banter between these two people who I guess are now back together and I'm gonna have to deal with that for two more books. Great. I love it here. It's going, things are going so so well you can as you can see okay well that was chapter two like i said it was a lot there was a lot in there i'm gonna go sit down now thank you so much for listening to my latest rant my name is lee you can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash lee c artist and you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candy kitten the podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash the curdled pod and you can find the patreon at patreon.com slash the curdled pod where you can support the podcast monthly in return for some fun exclusive content as i have been talking about if you have questions comments concerns or want to make a one-time donation not through patreon you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com and if you can't or don't want to support me monetarily please rate and or leave a review on your podcast app of choice or tell a friend write about it on social media post about it, whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be fabulous. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Um, the logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. Bye! adjusting things just a little bit okay good enough as they say we're just trying to find where we are in the book hold on
there's so many people who are like, fuck yeah, like tie me up, punish me, give me rules, whatever. Like I would so much rather be pursuing those people if I, if, you know, if I was a dominant, which I'm not, but, um, (laughs) shit, fucking microphone.